Well, consumption might be easing a bit in the United States and so might prices. They're not out of the woods just yet, but does the data from Friday mean there's less chance of two more hikes by the Fed? Well, we saw a weaker US dollar and quite a rise in the Aussie. More of that to come, perhaps. We'll look at that. And a busy week ahead. We've got the RBA tomorrow and non-farm payrolls on Friday as well. And the US manages to take a day off as well. It's Monday, the 3rd of July, which means tomorrow is the 4th of July. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar had a down day on Friday, losing 0.4%, but still slightly up on the week. The Aussie dollar, though, a good day, up 0.7% to 66.6. US cent, 60, that's a bit ominous, though, isn't it? 66.6, and uh, down ever so slightly on the week. But that was the biggest move of the major currencies. Unless we include the Kiwi dollar as a major, it was up 0.9% on Friday. And US equities were bouncing ahead as well. 1.5% for the NASDAQ, 1.2% for the S&P 500, 0.8% for the Dow. So despite a choppy week, the Dow was up 2.2%. The ASX 200 was up 1.5% last week as well. The DAX climbed 1.3% on Friday and 2% across the week. So a good week for equities just about everywhere. Friday was relatively quiet for bond movement, flat for 10-year treasuries at 3.84%, but still 12 basis points higher than they finished on Monday last week. Yields were falling in Europe at the end of the week, but not in the UK or Australia. In fact, 10-year bond yields up 12 basis points on Friday, back over 4%, uh, just a bit over and uh, still up there on futures uh, this morning. And oil climbing, another 1.2% added to Brent on Friday, up over 75 a barrel, a little up on the uh, week, and a, a, a dip almost down to 72 in the middle of the week, but uh, still back up to 75. So no clear direction, really, it's fair to say, in any of this. Why is that? Uh, well, let's talk about it with Nabs Rodrigo Catrill. Uh, I mean, we've been seeing, I guess, a bit of a change in direction, perhaps, Rodrigo, because we've been seeing strong data from the US, which made us all think central banks have got uh, no choice but to go hard. But Friday, US consumer spending and the PC deflator showed that maybe there's a bit of a slowdown happening in the economy and price growth might be slowing too. So perhaps the Fed, perhaps, can ease off the pedal a little bit. Um, morning, Phil. Yeah, they're quite right. I mean, the, the, the string of positive data releases um, if coming from the US has been a, a theme over, over the past couple of weeks, in particular last week with, you know, that stronger than expected GDP print and, and lower jobless claims. So I think the market was sort of bracing itself for uh, for yet another round of positive data releases on Friday. Uh, and as you said, it was actually, you know, providing a bit of a reprieve, um, whether it is enough for for the Fed at this stage to maybe pause again in July is probably a little bit too early. Um, worth highlighting, though, that we do have uh, quite important data releases before that meeting at the end of the month, uh, in particular, uh, non-farm payrolls at the end of this week, um, and the June CPI, which is out on the 12th of June. So uh, if we were to get softer uh, prints on those two numbers, um, then certainly the, the case there for, uh, for the Fed to pause yet again would, would be quite strong. But, but at this stage, um, uh, those data releases that we got on Friday, probably not enough yet to, to, to force the Fed to, to pause. Um, but certainly in terms of the details, it was really encouraging. Not only we saw that headline number for the PC coming down, uh, but the core reading uh, was also a bit softer than expected at 0.3 versus 0.4. Um, uh, but the year-on-year number is still at 4.6. So 4.6 is still quite an elevated reading. Um, encouragingly, though, when you look at the other details, in particular, that core core 
services print that the, the Fed has highlighted. Uh, we also got kind of a, a nice lower print of 0.23. So certainly traveling in the right direction, um, but not yet uh, close to the to the destination. And therefore, it probably still forces the Fed to, uh, to, to maintain a hawkish stance at least over the next couple of months. But it puts a question mark, doesn't it, over whether we will have two more hikes. I mean, we're going to we're going to get one, but maybe that's it. Yeah, and uh, if anything, if you like, if we if we were to contrast the Fed and and the RBA, if the Fed was was headed by you know Governor Lowe, you would say, well, maybe there's enough here for for pause and and to continue to look uh, at what, how the data flow develops. Uh, uh, but because the Fed has been a bit more hawkish in terms of its rhetoric and and approach. Um, you know, you still think, well, yes, it's encouraging. Yes, the data is showing, uh, um, you know, not only weakness in the demand side, which is something that the Fed is trying to engineer, uh, but also reflected in, in, in an easing price pressures. Um, the problem is, is that 4.6, uh, you know, the core reading of, of the PC is still too high. Um, and um, Fed speakers in particular have been highlighting how history tells you that um, you need to really stamp down on, on inflation. And, and um, if if you take your foot off the pedal too early, uh, the risk is that you, you have inflation rising yet again. So from that perspective, they, they'll rather err on the side of caution and, and tighten a little bit or keep tightening for a little bit longer yeah. just to make sure that that inflation really comes down. But taken in connection with that uh, personal income and, and spending data on Friday, though, so personal income was up 0.4% month on month in May, but spending was up only 0.1%. So that is exactly what the Fed would like to see, wouldn't it? Because presumably the gap is, I mean, presumably that means people are saving, uh, you know, which a monetarist would say, well, there are, look, it's working, higher interest rates are getting people to spend less and, uh, and save more. Well, they're quite right. And, and indeed, the data also showed that there's been an increase in savings. So to your point, yes, that's, that's very true and encouraging. And also, you know, if you put another layer of all of this, if you think about the, the real spending, once you take out inflation, it was actually flat. It was zero. So uh, from from the, all those bases, yes, it is certainly uh, the, right, the right data and the right data flow. Um, but uh, one swallow doesn't make a summer, right? So we still need, we would need more of the same just to to have the assurance that uh, we are indeed traveling in the right direction. Right. You can only say um, that every six months, by so the way. You've used that line for the, for the next six months. <laughs> uh, so uh, It's been a while. I haven't been to the podcast for a while. I know, exactly. So there we are. The oldies are the best ones, aren't they? But I mean, so the response in the markets has been a flatter yield curve, basically, at the end of the week, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And sorry, just before we go into markets, probably worth highlighting as well that we had FETs, uh, Chicago, Fed president speaking, uh, Goldsby, uh, and then he, along similar lines, he said it's too soon to say whether policymakers should raise rates or hold them uh, steady in July. Again, probably emphasizing that there's still kind of important data releases coming up over the next couple of weeks before the July meeting. So that June CPI on, on, on the 12th of June um, and, and the, the non-farm payrolls at the end of this week will be super important. Yeah. Um, Particularly yep. the uh, particularly the, the the wages figure in that as well. Yes. Yeah. So yep. okay. So the market reaction then. What's it done to to bond yields? Well, I've already said it's flattened the yield curve. Yeah. Well, for one, it's interesting to to note that uh, bond yields, particularly US Treasury yields, were rising ahead of the meeting. Oh, sorry, ahead of the data release. And then we've got a nice move lower, um, which again, uh, Friday is also kind of a complicated day because it also was the month end. Uh, so we also saw 
that that yield move kind of extending a little bit at the end, uh, and maybe it was related to month and flows as well. So I would probably need to to wait and see how the market digests this information over the next couple of days. But certainly on the day, uh, uh, the data resulted in a move lower in yields. Um, when you look at the pricing expectations for Fed hikes, um, they didn't really move that much. They're still, you know, uh, a pretty certain eighty one percent probability for a July hike, um, and the peak in terms of the Fed funds rate didn't really move that much either. So still around 541 on an effective rate. So it's still sort of leaning more towards this idea that there's two more hikes coming, uh, but certainly a little bit lower uh, on the day. Well, that's not holding back the equity markets, is it? They pushed higher, uh, but they do anyway, almost whatever the news, don't they? But uh, I mean, we have to remember, of course, a lot of this growth in equities is is a handful of of companies, particularly big tech companies. So Apple added 2.3% on Friday. NVIDIA gained... 3.6%, 3.6%, you know, it's all because of, uh, you know, AI, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I don't know. When do we get replaced, by the way, Rodrigo? When's, when's AI going <laughs> to take? Uh, but, you know, Apple uh, shooting, I mean, because the, there's talk about, I mean, there's quite a lot of news around Apple and AI, and is there going to be like a Siri GPT uh, on the on the iPhone? Could that be the next big thing? Uh, but Apple, uh, I'm not sure if it's there or close to, but basically a $3 trillion company, huge. Huge, and as you say, very much the rise in, um, in the equity market on Friday was actually broad-based. Uh, all sectors were up, but certainly uh, IT up by a lot more. Uh, worth highlighting as well that the financial sector actually did all right. Uh, it was close to uh, 1% higher. Um, and after the bell, we also had confirmation from uh, several of the big banks in the US announcing an increase in their dividend payouts um, following that uh, positive review from the test uh, stress test uh, from the from the Fed. So it wasn't just IT, but certainly driven quite strongly by by the IT dynamics or the the big tech or the big Seven Up, I think it's called nowadays. That all those big uh, tech companies. Um, uh, but certainly, again, the, the the theme there is that you know we have an equity market that for, so far this year is is having a huge year, particularly driven by the tech sector, and not showing uh, a signs of strain by, by the increase in, uh, in, in the Fed hikes. Um, and whether that remains the case in the future, uh, with the consumer uh, becoming more reserved and, and demand decreasing, it remains to be seen. Uh, but certainly for now, it, it's been one of the big themes or surprises for the year. So what happens, though, if the Fed does say, oh, well, look, you know, we only need one, I mean, equities continue to hold up on that basis because the future's looking bright, although they might be, of course, you know, you could say, well, okay, the reason why they're saying they're going to do less is because people are spending less, so maybe that's not good for equities. But on the other side, we have all the other central banks, uh, particularly the RBA and the Bank of England and the ECB saying, well, we've got to, we've got to do more because we've still got a problem. And, and we saw that on Friday, didn't we? Because inflation not easing at all. The core rate went from 5.3% in May to 5.4% in June. So still rising year on year. This is for Europe I'm talking about, obviously. Uh, And the headline inflation rate, 0.3% month on month from a flat May. So, I mean, that was all bad bad news. So more work for the ECB to do. We know the Bank of England has to do a lot more. We're expecting the RBA to raise tomorrow as well. So, I mean, presumably that means we're going to see a weaker U.S. dollar. And yet if people are out buying equities, maybe that slows the demise of the U.S. dollar, perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, but the, the one thing to remember as well is it is, uh, it's not just the dollar. It's, it will be a significant decline in yields and, you know, steepening of the curve uh, driven by uh, lower front-end yields. So if you remember back in March when the Fed 
and, and uh, Fed Chair Powell alluded to this idea that uh, they were going to maybe consider a pause. Uh, you had a significant rally in, in the two-year part of the of the curve. Um, you know, we were trading by above five percent, and we got down well below four percent. So, and that that was in the space of just a couple of weeks. So, um, any signal that the Fed does uh, in regards of maybe being done or being close to being done will trigger a significant move lower in, in yields and 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 a, and a weaker US dollar, as you say, um, which will be a risk positive backdrop. So, that's one of the mm. reasons why we think that the Fed will still talk the tough game uh, until it's certain uh, because when, when it changes uh, that, that change could be quite dramatic um, Right, so we just have to hang on there then for the Aussie dollar, it will come back Yeah, yeah, that, that would be our view, but certainly in terms of you know, the takeaways from the last couple of weeks is that this idea that the, the US is facing a slowdown and a decline in inflation sooner than others is is still uh, looks like the the, good, the right call. Timing, of course, around when exactly that will happen remains to be seen. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, the European data is still proving to be very sticky in terms of those inflationary pressures, um, even though the economy is slowing, uh, which is another uh, important point to make, uh, the central bank in Europe will continue hiking until it has certainty that inflation is coming down. So, and again, the same the same logic will apply here in Australia. So for now, it looks like more work is needed uh, in, in those major economies, including Australia. Um, and, and now there's a kind of glimmer of hope that maybe the Fed is close to, to the end game. Yeah, worst of both worlds, isn't it? Like economy slowing, prices still going up. Uh, so the, the the RBA tomorrow, of course, before that, uh, we'll see uh, what interest rates are doing to building approvals uh, because we get the numbers for May later on today and also the value of home loans for May for Australia too. And uh, yeah, so the RBA, what, 25 basis points? Is that sort of cemented in for tomorrow? Well, it's it's more like um, uh, the market, if you look at the market pricing, it's, it's, it's more along the lines of, um, you know, pause um so i think we're around 27.6 percent uh probability for a hike tomorrow um but when we look at the data and when we look at what the uh, the rba has been saying um you know there's still the theme that we still have you know inflation particularly sticky uh, services inflation which has been a major concern over the weekend we also got data in terms of house prices in australia so they rose yet again in june um, you could argue that, well, the good news is that they didn't rise as much as before, but it's still rising. So um, th- these are the issues that the RBA has been highlighting and the strength of the labor market. So, And we also know that you know wages are still yet to increase more, given uh, that those dynamics will play out in the second half of the year. So what's, so what's NAB's call? So when I say, because of course I don't work for NAB, so when I say these things, I mean, I'm not talking for NAB. So what's what's the official NAB view then? Is it is, is NAB called that it's, it's, uh, it's line ball or are we expect? them to pause well i suppose there's an acknowledgement from from the nap economists that it is a line ball call uh but when we look at sort of the aggregate information that we have um we think that the the rba uh, should be hiking tomorrow um the data flow argues that you know there's still no point in waiting because you know that these inflationary pressures are there and you know that more of those inflationary pressures are coming given the the expectations of further increasing wages growth and productivity that remains very weak so um you know if you're trying to to play the the ball um you know we should be hiking uh if you play the man then it looks a bit more like a 50 50 call uh given how we know that the governor law in particular has been willing to be more patient in order to see yeah. how how the economic uh, well, evolves 
All right, running out of time. So very, very quickly, because I just want to talk very briefly about what's happening with the PBOC. Can we get manufacturing data today? We get the ISM for the United States. We get the caging number for China and the tank and large manufacturing index for Q2 for Japan as well. We could talk about all of those, but we really don't have time. But I'm wondering whether some of the strength that we've been seeing in the dollar today, in the Aussie dollar, uh, or on Friday, sorry, was down to the PBOC, having a new head for the PBOC and and, and how that's going to play out. Yes, no, the announcement of the new PBOC was done over the weekend. So, um and I suppose the, the, the major takeaway there is that is is um, is a continuation. Uh, the, the, um, um, so what has happened at the moment is that uh, the, the, the Beijing has announced a new PBOC party chief, and if you are the PBOC party chief, effectively you you will become the new governor. Um, so uh, the, the announcement of the party chief uh, should be followed eventually by the confirmation of uh, uh, Pan becoming the, the new governor. Um, uh, he has been a deputy of the PBOC and um, uh, also has quite a lot of market knowledge. So um, it's good news, if you like, because it preserves uh, the PBOC independence and, and a view that more of the same should be expected. So in that regard, what does that mean? It means that um, the PBOC will remain supportive for policy, so further easing over the second half the year should be expected. Um, while that is a headwind for the CNY, we also should expect a little bit more support or resistance, if you like, from the PVC in terms of CNY weakness over coming uh, months. Okay, very good. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Um, and uh, I'll catch you again. Good to have you back. And uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Rodrigo. Cheers, Phil. I'm uh, back tomorrow, of course. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.